Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction, but Pastor Xavier Reese says some fiction can be pretty strange. I cannot believe God became man. How many of you have ever heard that? First of all, why do people believe that a monkey has become a man through evolution? You have a hard time that God became man? Then how can you so believe that a monkey has become a man? You've got more faith than I do. If we're evolving as men, we've lost something on the way. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Well, we're glad you've joined us again today. On this Simple Truths, Pastor Xavier will be picking up where he left off last time with a list of common excuses people give for not coming to Christ. And as we'll see, that what some accept as a reasonable argument is really based on illogical thinking to avoid a more central issue that Pastor Xavier will be explaining in today's study. He begins with a summary of the first half of his list. In our last study, we looked at four of what are usually some of the most commonly used excuses for rejecting Jesus Christ. But we pointed out that they are really irrational and lack in logic if you really look at them. I'm not going to belabor the point, but let me just review the four that we covered and the first excuse that people use, at least in our list, is that uh, I cannot believe in something I cannot see or understand. And we showed the foolish logic of that because we certainly trust and use and benefit from many things that we do not understand or can't even see in everyday life. The second was I cannot believe in a God who would send people to hell. And we showed very clearly that people are not sent to hell by God himself, but they are sent to hell by their own choosing to reject the forgiveness of sins. If you land in hell, it will not be by accident. It will be by choice. You decide where you're going to spend eternity. Thirdly, we said the question was, uh, or the excuse, I cannot accept that man is evil. And we just one of the factors that we looked off uh, was that uh, the very process of history denies this. And just looking from 3000 BC to the present time, which is 5,000 years shy five, that uh, we've got a ratio of 13 to 1, 13 years of war, one year of peace. Uh, that's not too good of a record for good men, okay? Uh, as I told you often, the Marines are saying they're looking for the few. But they're still looking. They haven't found them yet. There's not one good, and that's why they're still looking. Fourth, they said, I do not want to be around hypocrites. And that's probably the most foolish of all because the whole world's hypocritical. And not only that, if you don't want to be with hypocrites in the church, what are you going to do when you end up in hell? Now, you're not stuck with them for five or ten years. You're there forever. But don't we all live with hypocrisy in the world to an extent? And so, again, all of these seeming reasons... Uh, they're nothing but just excuses to sidestep the issue of confrontation with what are you going to do with Jesus Christ. Now this, morning we, now this morning we want to continue looking at four more excuses that are commonly used by people, given as reasons, but they're not. And in fact, they use them to just not accept Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, but to just go on in their lifestyle in whatever manner they wish. The first which is number five in our list, is the excuse, I do not believe in heaven or hell. 
There are some people, point blank, that you will say, well, don't you want to go to heaven? He says, there's no heaven. I don't believe in heaven. Some people say, I don't believe in hell. Now, everybody's uncertain about life after death, unless you're a Christian. Everybody differs from what's going to happen after death, unless you're a Christian. Because nobody's been there, unless you're a Christian. Then you know Jesus has been there and he's told you what's going to happen. If people cannot believe or do not believe in heaven and hell, then why has man throughout the ages attempted to find a fountain of youth like Ponce de Leon? Why are we always trying to find this eternal potion to keep us living more and more unless man is uncertain of what happens beyond death? Hell is the place of eternal punishment, whether we believe it or not. You remember the story that Jesus gave in Luke 16, 19 through 31 of the beggarman, Lazarus, and the rich man? The rich man was only rich in material things in this lifetime. The beggar Lazarus was rich towards God, yet poor in material things. He laid at his gate daily. He gave him nothing. The eternal result was that the rich man was tormented and begged for comfort. While Lazarus was being comforted all the days of his life. Now the rich man had all senses present. Feeling, sight, memory. Father Abraham, have him dip his finger in cool water that might cool my tongue. Now I am sure that the rich man during his lifetime said, Ah, hell don't exist. And all of us do that to an extent as we're in the world, we don't know Christ, and we say, ah, oh, there is no heaven. Oh, hell, we got all my buddies down there, we're going to party. You know, we do all these dumb little things, right? And we don't know what we're talking about. But it's funny at the time. But now the rich man's in hell, and, and he's not laughing. He's remembering. He's desiring. He's in torment. The rich man knew the reality of hell after his death, but it was too late. How sad that countless of millions of people have discovered the same thing too late. They both could change nothing after their death. Your death finalizes your eternity, where you will spend it. I remember one time telling a lady, and she was an educated lady, very well-to-do, and, and uh, when I spoke to her about Christ, she says, well, um... Who wants to live forever? We all do. It's really a dishonest question. A man is constantly wanting to live forever. And besides that, we don't have the choice on whether we want to live forever. We will live forever. All we can do is choose where we're going to spend forever. <laughs> you spend it in the presence of God or in separation from God. But you will exist in eternity somewhere. One of two places. Men throughout history have feared death and hell. We find paintings that have been drawn of tormented souls in hell. And some men have just feared looking at those paintings. Others have written books with great imaginations about what happens after death and the punishment. Other people have speculated more than the Bible declares. But the Bible tells us exactly what happens 
And that's where our authority should lie. Now hell, or what is commonly called in the Greek Hades, or the grave, is only the place of temporary abode in terms of punishment till the ultimate abode. So when people die today, if you died right now and you don't know Jesus Christ, you would be instantly in hell, the place of torment. But that's not the final place. Hell itself will be cast into the lake of fire, as we will see. The permanent abode of those who die without Christ is called the lake of fire, and the Hebrews call Gehenna. Gehenna comes from the valley of Hinnom. The valley of Hinnom is one of the valleys in the Kidron Valley that run into each other outside the city walls of Jerusalem. There, the worship of Molech was the fire god, and they worship him by offering their children on the fire. We read in the Old Testament many times. It was also the place of rubbish for the city dump. Jesus made reference to it, says, where the fire never quenched and the worm never dies. And he equated Gehenna with eternal torment. But Jesus wasn't exaggerating. Jesus wasn't lying. He was telling truth. The interesting thing is that Gehenna was made for no one but Satan and his angels, Matthew 25, 41 says. So there will be countless of millions of people that will end up in the lake of fire because they rejected Jesus Christ. How tragic. Gehenna is called the lake of fire, as I said. It's called also the second death in Revelation 20, verse 14. Eternal separation from God, second death. Now, you, you want to die once only, physical, as a Christian. You don't want to die spiritually eternal because you're damned. But the chance to change that is now while you live, not after you die. Now, on the flip side of that, you have heaven. Heaven is a place of eternal pleasure, the abode of God. The Bible describes three heavens. The first heaven is where the birds fly, Genesis 1.8. The second heaven is the stellar heaven, the moon, the stars, Genesis 1.14 through 18. And the third heaven is where God dwells. Paul the Apostle was caught up to the third heaven, 2 Corinthians 12.12. 12. That's where God dwells. But don't think of three heavens as one, two, three, and God's way out there. The third heaven transcends all of them. He's all present. So when we think of third heaven, we have to think it different than we think in a consecutive number or a, a next in distance. It's the eternal abode of God. He says in him we think, we breathe, we have our being. He's not far off. Now, heaven is a place where there is no evil. It is the throne of God. Isaiah 6, 1 says, Behold, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and His throne that filled the temple and His glory. It is a place of worship. Revelation 5, 9 through 14 says, The elders are there and all the churches there worshiping God. What should be the theme of the church then? Worship. Because it's the theme of heaven. It is a place of holiness. Isaiah 57, 15, He is the high and lofty one, the one who inhabits eternity. He's holy. I guarantee you that every person who has declared that there is no heaven, there's no hell, that they don't believe in them, after they died, they were fully, thoroughly convinced, one way or the other. But it's kind of a bummer to get prepared for vacation. And you do everything necessary to go on vacation, but you forget to make reservation, and it's high season. 
And you get down there and you pull up and you say, okay, can I have a room? They say, sorry, we're filled up. Hey, listen, make reservations before you die. Because when you die, you're going to hear, sorry, we're filled up. You have to make your reservations in heaven ahead of time. Now, if you want to go to hell, don't make any reservations at all. <laughs> Just go for it. But if you want to go to heaven, you better make your reservations ahead of time. Or you will not get in. So your uh, authoritative proclamation that hell and heaven do not exist does not change the facts that they do. A second excuse, the sixth in our list, second this morning, is I cannot believe God became man. Now, this excuse is based on their intellectual pride, limiting God by man's own limited potential. So we believe God can do only that which we men can at least do. And so as long as we're able to think and understand and able to do something, then we, well, God could probably do it. And so we limit God by our own abilities and our own potential. We think we are the ultimate. First of all, why do people believe that a monkey has become a man through evolution then? You have a hard time that God became man? Then how can you so believe that a monkey has become a man. You've got more faith than I do. The irrational thinking and logic of evolution is a rebuke to the excuse that you cannot believe that God became man. If you really believe that a monkey becomes a man, then what's the problem with God becoming a man? The blind trust and acceptance of the philosophy and religion of evolution. And do understand that it is a religion that we're being taught in our children, in our schools. Without examining its claims through the critical scientific evidence is intellectual foolishness and suicide. If you will take the hypotheses, the theories of evolution, and you do honest, critical examination of those things to the scientific, objective, verifiable truth. You can only conclude one thing. What a joke. What a lie. You who have gone to school and studied all these theories and hypotheses know about Down Man, Java Man, and how all these things that they say are the missing link and they found this prehistoric man uh, some of them they've uh, reconstructed this guy from just one tooth amazing what scientists can do <laughs> you know and then they find out it's a pig's tooth now you some of you have the geological column real nice and uniform in your science book biology oceanography zoology all of that and then you also have the various processes and stages of man from monkey crawling, boom, 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 and he's up here, he's all up, right? And he looks like the hunk, you know what I mean? Beautiful transition. But the only problem is the geological column or all those things, they don't exist anywhere on the earth. Nowhere. Only in the mind of the scientist and the artist. 
People believe that simple things evolve to complex form under the evolutionary philosophy. Well, that's an interesting concept. Yet, there have never been any transitional forms from one species to another, such as a dog becoming a horse. Be it in fossil, archaeological, or observational findings. Never. How is it that the smallest animal, one of the, I mean smallest, one of the smallest birds, he boogies up north and he lays his eggs and he and the mom take off to Hawaii. They hatch. The kids boogie on down to Hawaii too. They've never been there. They encounter winds hundreds of miles plus. They only weigh ounces. They get thrown off course. And those little suckers get to Hawaii. Now, did their parents leave them a map in the egg? Did they tie a string to the nest and go to Hawaii? How did they get there? Next time somebody calls you a bird brain, know that's a compliment. Okay? The next time somebody says, you eat like a bird, that's an insult. They eat five to ten times their weight. How interesting. Even the animal kingdom teaches us. If that's not enough. Do you know that a flea leaps 200 times its length? I know you lost sleep last night about that. But a flea leaps 200 times its length. A man would have to jump 1,200 feet to equal this proportionately. A housefly takes 440 steps to travel three inches, and he does it in half a second. It's pretty fast. A man would have to run 20 miles in a minute to equal the fly. Have you ever thought about a fly? You know, they just go, how far does he get to the ceiling before he goes upside down to get up there? And how many times did he have to practice before he smacked himself in that? Now, you know, we have to practice a lot of different things, right? We want to be good in baseball, football, whatever. You know, we take a lot of banging, we go skating, and snowboarding, whatever like that. But the animal kingdom, man, the minute they hatch, they know exactly what to do. How interesting. An ant lifts the load many, many times its weight. I presume we've all observed ants, right? They're amazing. The equivalence would be that a man would have to lift a diesel locomotive and carry it on his back to compare it to what an ant can do. How interesting. Now, do you think we're evolving? If we're evolving as men, we're, we, we've lost something on the way. Okay? Thirdly, people believe that disorder brings about order. That's another theory of evolution. That disorder brings about order. Oh, wouldn't you, believe, wouldn't you wish that was true? You would never have to make your bed. Disorder would come into order. You leave and you come home, your house is made. Wouldn't that be great? The minute a house is being built, the minute they drive the first nail, it starts decaying. Do you realize that? The second law of thermodynamics is in effect constantly. Everything's winding down. The minute a baby's born, it begins to die. But we never are sad when the baby's born. But that's what's happening. We say, oh, man, he's so cute. You know, we don't say, oh, what a bummer. He's starting to die. 
But that's what's happening, right? The belief that complex things just come about by random chance is an insult to our intelligence as well as our Creator. The belief that complex things just come about by random chance. Just coincidence. Where there is design, there is also a designer. Where there is complexity, there is intelligence. When we see a Steinway piano, a Stradivarius violin, or a Rolex watch, do we think it just came about by random chance? You see some ornate building, like the old designs of buildings, beautiful cornerstones and, and sculpture, just came by chance? You ever go to the nursery and say, listen, I want to buy a Rolex watch tree? No. You see, anything with design has a designer. It points to intelligence. Now, are we to believe the theory and religion of evolution that all that has come about is by random chance, from simple to complex, from disorder to order? through transitional forms that can never be found? How interesting. Fourthly, people believe that through the process of evolution, the various forms of animals learned and developed to their present state. Yet, they refuse the idea that God became man. You know, here you have this animal, and he's going to change transitional forms, right? So he's got to adapt himself to the next form, and there's different ways of getting food and all that. But yet, if it depends on food, how does he make that transition if he has to learn it? You ever see that fish that is under the water about four or five inches? And he sees this food outside through the water. Now you know, through water, the, the aim is reflected. It's, it's, you can't get accuracy. Now, this fish will be there, and all of a sudden, that little insect will be there, whatever it may be, and it just, big tongue goes, grabs him, pulls him right down. Now, how many tries did he have to do that to learn? And if it took a lot of tries, how did he survive since that depended on his food chain? And what are the chances that he would survive in order to keep evolving? <laughs> Simple questions. Common sense questions that we have thrown out, ignored, because we've embraced the lies of mankind. If man believes that things can evolve from disorder to order, what is the problem with believing that God became man? It is a mere reversal from the order of perfection to the disorder of fallen man without sin nature. If man can believe that matter begins without a cause, what is the problem with God becoming man as the cause? <laughs> no problem, is there? You see, the excuse that a person cannot believe that God became man is based on intellectual pride, limiting God by man's own potential. That's foolish. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, drawing to a close our time for today, a message listing common excuses for not coming to Christ. And as you can tell, there's more to come on our next program. And in today's study, Pastor Xavier has made it a point to address some of the most common issues that you're liable to hear when witnessing to unbelievers. And if this information is something you'd like to have close at hand, we can provide you with your own copy of the message that'll include everything you heard today and next time. The title is simply Excuses for Not Coming to Christ, Part 2. It's available on CD for just $4. Once again, the title, Excuses for Not Coming to Christ, Part 2. Or simply mention today's date and address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or phone us at 800-926-1485. That's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And if you would, kindly let us know the call letters of this station, as this helps us to monitor the effectiveness of our radio ministry. Detractors to Scripture, they come and go. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Join Pastor Xavier Reese next time for more Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com